Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? So glad to be back. Welcome to The Gathering Place. Jenna, how's your 2020 been? What's new? What's new in 2020? Well, I had a baby. Mm-hmm. So how old is he now? So he's, I don't know, <laughs> five and a half months. Yeah. Five and a half months of cuteness. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. And like the rest of the moms in the world of school age children, we had to figure out what we're doing with school, you mm-hmm. know? So I decided to start a YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> you can learn about my homeschool adventures on YouTube. My name is Jenna Gizar. Jenna, what's the most exciting or interesting thing you've learned about since you became a homeschool educator? Well, I always thought I wouldn't do homeschooling. It was never something on my mind mm-hmm. because I don't particularly like learning about things I don't care about. Okay. I really only like learning about the Lord and that's about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just don't have like a lifelong love of learning, Mm. which I think I always thought those are the only people that can homeschool is like people who love to learn. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a surprise to actually enjoy it every day, Mm. learn new things with them. I love your mentality about homeschool. You don't have to homeschool forever. Right. You don't have to even homeschool for the whole year. Yeah. You just have to homeschool for today. Right. Just got to get through today. And it's been so much better than getting through it. It's been something I look forward to and something that's really special and sweet and intimate with them. It's been really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I still don't like to cook, whereas... <laughs> You've done quite a lot of that this 2020. Mm -hmm. Lots of cooking, lots of baking. So that's taken up a lot of my last seven months. Yeah. Quarantine months. I've been doing a lot of consuming of your baking. It's (laughs) It's delicious. so true. Thank God, because I need people to eat all these baked goods. It's like so relaxing to me to bake. I feel so happy baking, but then I have, you know, an excess of baked goods. And who needs that just lying around? Right. So... Happy to bring them to Blessed Is She headquarters mm-hmm. and have some taste testers. What's been your favorite thing you've baked? Hmm. Okay, favorite thing to bake would be the scones. Okay. But most delicious thing would probably be those Pop-Tarts we made with Sarah Erickson. Those were insane. I've liked most things I've baked. Yeah. Tarts, pies, cakes. What else have I made? Lots of cookies. Anyway, we don't need a baking podcast, but it has been like a true joy. Isn't that cool that like in this year that just went like totally off the rails, right. we both discovered something that we never thought we would like and it's become a joy yeah, and a place of intimacy for both of us, you with your girls and me with the Lord and just loving people. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, so good. And Blessed is She's changed a lot in the mm-hmm. past few months, like most people's lives, We've gone through some transitions here. So we postponed or canceled most of our retreats up to this point and shifted a bit to be able to still go out and be with people and pray with them and just encounter Jesus in the sacraments through these revival nights. Yeah. So these, I think, were really born from 
it authentically happening in our own lives. Beth and I both really love worship, um, really love posturing our hearts in that way. And for me especially, it really provides a space for me to go deeper with the Lord. The Lord patched up some people and just on a whim, we had a little sweet worship night in my house. It was so beautiful. And I feel like for me, that night of worship was a turning point in COVID quarantine. There was just a real heaviness over life at that time. But when we got together and we prayed, it was like, that didn't even matter. Like God's presence, his spirit came and pushed out all of the fear and all of the anxiety. And it was like, oh, you're still here. Yeah. You're still doing something. This is not a mistake. We're not like hitting pause on the timeline of mankind. Like this is the timeline. I can't tell you the amount of times I've gone back to that night where we invited like a total stranger. Yeah. Yeah. And he came and like met Jesus for the first time. It was life-changing for me. I feel like I could start bawling right now thinking about all the grace of that night. It was kind of within those nights that that I realized we have to we have to go out and be with the people. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs worship right now. Everybody needs the sacraments right now. And by this time people had started going back to church, so we thought they could go into this space, into a church. They're kind of familiar now with social distancing and masks. We know how to do this because the churches have already figured it out for us. Jesus wants to meet the people. He wants to feed them. He wants to satiate their thirst. And I think people are so thirsty right now. We are in a wilderness. We are in a desert. So in many ways, this verse, Isaiah forty-three nineteen. That was always the right verse. This was always the word. This was always the move for 2020. It just looked different than we thought it would. Totally. Yeah. So instead of restore retreats, hitting the road, you got restore revival nights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm heading out on the road with Mary Kastner, our worship leader, and we're just going to worship the Lord. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then another exciting movement, thanks be to God, Mm -hmm. is the well. Yes. You and I had started talking about the well a year ago. And I remember the first time you brought it to me, I just cried. Yeah, It felt like such a good fit for my gifts and for my heart. And I like felt something within me expand. So thank you, COVID, because I had this time to do that, to write the curriculum like in quarantine, to create the workbook. And now I have the time weekly to be walking with 90 women have gone through the well. And we'll have another 60 in the fall. Give me your shortest, most succinct way to explain the well. Yeah, so the well is an eight-week mentorship program where we, as a small group, grow in intimacy with each of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, we develop and deepen our identity because of who He is, who we are. So we do that in the context of these weekly small groups. They have a beautiful workbook. They share about their prayer. And I do kind of like group spiritual direction. We read scripture together. And then I give a teaching every week. But there's a beautiful like online community component. And the anointing on the groups is just wild because they're all over the country, even all over the world, all over the spectrum of ages and vocation and background. And yet the Lord knits them together in this little group of 10. And so far from round one, all four of the groups have continued to meet. They've all found a place of belonging. Yeah, it's amazing. 
It's very similar to the story of Blessed Is She. Like the only reason it works is because it's the Lord. Mm. But for whatever reason, thanks be to God, He's anointed this for this time. I love the fact that we can even recognize things that are positive and good, even in the midst of craziness in the world. Mm-hmm. And not that everything has to be like spun that way. I think it's easy for me to feel the weight of everything and forget that the Lord is still moving and he's still doing something. Yes. Really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Jenna, you and I have been having a lot of conversations. All the time. Every day. (laughs) Even when we leave, we're still texting. (laughs) Totally. Calling. Yeah. All the time, round the clock, really. (laughs) 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) And you and I have been just going off, getting hyped, getting jazzed about the Lord. Always. (laughs) Always. <laughs> right? Yeah. And What's there not to be hyped about? We keep talking about this idea about being changed, mm-hmm. like allowing ourselves to be changed. Mm-hmm. There's like this cultural axiom that like if it's true for you, it's true for everyone else. We would call that probably relativism. Totally. But I think we've been seeing that in a big way in the past few months, that uh, whatever people think, whatever they feel, whatever they experienced, that is the truth. But you and I keep coming back to this reality of objective truth and absolute truth. And that truth is that the gospel should change us. We don't get to choose the gospel. We don't get to make the gospel what we want it to be. But that encountering Jesus really should fundamentally change us and by extension, change our lives. Yeah. I would challenge you. I think you can make the gospel whatever you want. Mm, sure. Which is what I think happens. Right. Well, it's what been you happening. think is the gospel. It's been happening for centuries, right? right? This is like the Protestant Reformation. Like, I want the gospel to mean this. I want the church to do this. So this isn't a new problem. No. But I feel like you, in a particular way, have become like obsessed with this idea that we should be changed. Right. We should be transformed by Jesus, by what we read, by what we learn, by the faith that we profess. Yeah, Father Parks said a few weeks ago, like we're built to believe in something. Mm-hmm. So everyone believes in something. Everyone is being changed by something. And I think that's what's rocking me to my core is what am I allowing in my life? What am I putting at the center of my life? Because that is what's going to define my life. Yeah, my mind is just being blown by, by what you're describing here. That obviously we're being formed by what we watch what we read, who we hang out with, what we listen to, where we go, where we grow up, what we consume, who we marry. These things all change us. Yes. And yet there's like this resistance to allow the gospel to change us. Totally. Why? I don't know. I'm really, I'm really puzzled by it because it is, as you're saying, it is happening all the time. We are always being changed. Why are we not okay with the gospel demanding that we change. Yeah. I think somewhere there's some kind of misunderstanding or like disintegration happening with the gospel that it's like, well, if Jesus is love, he should accept me as I am. I thought God unconditionally loved me. So why would I have to change in order to be loved? Well, you don't. You absolutely don't have to change to be loved by the Lord. That's a fact. (laughs) There's nothing you can do to earn it or deserve it or Conversely, to lose it, nothing. 
And yet, encountering that perfect love should move us. Encountering holiness and purity and perfect love should be like a gut check for us. Like, Piercing. Yes. I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Next to perfection, I can see the reality of who I am with all of my flaws, all of my sins, all of my attachments. Looking at this perfect person, Jesus Christ, I'm invited to be like him. That's the point of our baptism, our adoption into the family of God is that we would become like him. We would grow up, you know, into his sons and daughters, look and walk and talk and sound like the father. Mm-hmm. And to do that, we would look and walk and talk and sound like Jesus, <laughs> which means our lives have to change. Totally. I know we've talked about this before, but you and I, we came to that, praise God, around a similar time that we wanted to talk more like Jesus. Yeah. And that meant not cussing. Getting rid of some stuff. Yeah. And I think we're going through like another kind of pruning and refining. It's really beautiful that the Lord kind of does those things in tandem, you know, when we're walking so closely together. But also I would say that I feel called on to holiness by your journey. And I think vice versa. Totally. Like as the Lord is refining you and, and, you know, calling you on to holiness, like I'm inspired by that. I want to be holy. You asked why. Mm -hmm. Why are we so opposed to change? And I gave an answer Mm -hmm. like I do. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, do you have do you have thoughts? Why do you think people are so resistant to really embracing the gospel message that we have to be transformed. I guess I had a light bulb moment when you were talking of why are we so open to like gurus changing our lives? So true. You were Mm -hmm. telling me about the Zac Efron documentary, which I haven't watched. Mm -hmm. Down to earth. But just how open he is, it seems. Searching, yeah. Searching and wanting to have his life be different. Wanting to have purpose and a vision and... A reason. And even I think understanding like how to contextualize his own experience. Yeah. So we are so open to self-help yeah. <laughs> gurus all day. Yeah. And to having a, a purpose in life, to be driven by ambition. It's like we want somebody to tell us what's going on. Totally. And so here's this nutritional expert Here's this therapist. We're just, we're looking for someone to tell us how to, how to be okay. Yeah. What is this about? And yet when the church very lovingly and humbly puts forward the gospel, we're like, no, don't shove that down my throat. <laughs> don't so tell true. me to change. That's so not true. love. I read recently this commentary, this opinion, right? I don't know how to say it. Opinion piece in the New York Times? It wasn't. You renewed I, your if, subscription? No. First of all, if I get that notification one more time that I'm out of free New York Times articles. I'm going to scream. I've tried to go incognito, open a new window, change my brow. It's the How much even is it? Probably like (laughs) $1.99. No. This episode is not sponsored by the New York Times. I wish it would be so I could read some more articles. Totally. Can we get that free subscription? (laughs) I've heard plenty of hard, inviting messages, asking people to change. And then those pastors or speakers are accused of weaponizing the gospel. The reality is the gospel asks us to change. The gospel demands that we change. That's not the gospel judging us. That's not the church judging us. That's not Jesus. I mean, I guess it is. It's hard. He does judge. I mean, he is a just judge, but his judgment is inseparable 
from his mercy. He prefers mercy. That's why he sent Jesus. Well, like, go and sin no more. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah, again and again. Yeah, Jesus asks us to change. Mm. So even if Jesus is your self-help guru, he is asking us to change. Yeah. And that's not, oh, you're, that's being too religious or following the law to the T and now you're a Pharisee. Jesus, who we believe is the son of God, who is God made man, asks us to change. And we as Christians have to change. But again, I constantly always want to know the reason about things. Mm. And I'm like, why? Why can we not accept and understand loving and good correction from a loving and merciful father? We're having lots of light bulbs here today. Great. I think it's because we don't know what love is. Okay. We think that love is just blanket acceptance. But when love requires something of us, when love doesn't feel good, then we think that can't be love. We think love should just make us feel warm and tingly. But the discipline of the Lord, the correction of the Lord is love. Yes. It's gentle and yet it's firm. (laughs) There's something there, you know. I can only liken it to correcting our children. Mm -hmm. I love my daughters deeply. And because I love them, I want them to live an abundant life, just like the Father does for us. And that abundant life comes through relationship, comes from the fruits of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. comes from knowing what's right and wrong. And our loving Father clearly lays that out for us. But caveat, we have to be in the Word to know that. Totally. It means nothing and falls on deaf ears and a deaf heart, a hardened heart, if we're not actually seeing that Jesus Christ, who we profess is the Son of God, is actually calling us to these things. Like he did wherever he said, go and sin no more. He absolutely sat down and dined with the sinners. He dines with you and me. And goodness gracious, we are sinners. Mm -hmm. And then he looks us in the eye and he says, go and sin no more. That's how much he loves us. He wants us to have a pure, open heart to receive his love. So he calls us on. I think I'm just coming to realize that I don't want anything clouding my vision. Nothing. Whether that be sin, mostly sin. (laughs) I mean, all comes down to sin. And maybe that is the problem, what you're saying. People don't like know that they're sinning. Like I even was going to say like character flaws, but ultimately that's sin. Whether that be sin, whether that be treasures that the world offers, whether it be answers that the world offers, my answers are in Jesus Christ. And I don't think I recognized that up until a year ago, that the answers are in scripture. The answers are in the church for my life, not just the answer to where do we go when we die, but like my everyday life, my everyday experiences and conversations with my friends, with Mike, with my kids, not just going to a self-help book to help me know how to be a better boss. The Lord's got the answers. You know where I think the disconnect is? I think we can all agree we want a better life. But I think people want the fruits of a better life without living a better life. They want more love, joy, peace, but those are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you want more love, joy, peace in your life, you got to root out the sin. You've got to clean out the gutters. You know. Well, you have to get close to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Who will root out that sin? Oh boy, will he. 
Like he wants to get in there and clean out the gutters. Yeah. So if you want all of those fruits of the spirit, it's union with the spirit. Yeah. And listen, it's union with perfection. Ultimately, God is perfect. We're the ones that have to move. We're the ones that have to change. If you want to be one with him, you have to change. He loves us so much that he doesn't let us stay in our sin because he knows our sin isn't satisfying us. He knows our like petty efforts, our like little pleasures, like a weekend at the lake or those things aren't satisfying us. He's saying what satisfies you is me. Come and be with me every single day. I'm more refreshed after a good time of prayer than I am after a weekend at the cabin. In Acts chapter three, Peter is like preaching and he says, repent therefore and turn to God So to turn to him means you were turned away from him. (laughs) You were facing another way. You have to change and physically turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. We're not going to be refreshed. We're not going to experience union as long as we're hanging on to these like little, I don't know, vices? Addictions. Yeah. Pleasures. I think you said it though. Yeah. I was just reading... With the girls, again, we're, we're talking about Africa with our homeschool stuff. And so we talked a bit about Moses in the desert and we read Exodus, Exodus three with Moses and the burning bush. And it says similar language about him turning to the bush. That's cool. He saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So he thought I will go over and see this strange sight. Like he's turning and wanting to know what's going on, right? He's now facing the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not ignoring the bush or just like, yeah, I'm going to go do something else. He actually like physically even turns his body and goes to inspect what's going on. And in this little book that we were reading about Exodus 3, it says, and God started talking and then he talked a lot, right? Like he told Moses a lot in that instance. Yeah. How sweet. It was so sweet. Like if we only just come over to the Lord, if we only just turn to him, like you said, from Acts, from Peter, the Lord's going to start talking Mm -hmm. and he's going to keep talking as long as we stay in that relationship. We don't turn away again. We don't go back to the pleasures of the world. And even if we do, he'll still be there. He's still waiting. He's always there. But those times will be refreshing. Mm -hmm. That's where we come alive. And ultimately, I think that that's what people want. They want to feel alive. Yeah. It reminds me when I used to teach sacrament preparation classes. And even now when I talk about confession, I would always use this language of like sin putting a kink in the line of communication or like imagine a hose. Sin kinks it up and the water can't flow. So go to confession so you can free up you know, and bring the flow back into the line of communication. I don't know if people have never had that experience of feeling God's presence, receiving his grace, his love, his consolation. I don't know if they haven't heard his voice. For me, it's become like the driving force of my life. I don't want to lose God's voice. You don't want to kink it up. I don't. I don't. I don't want to get so far away from him that the next time I go back to pray, I'm like starting at ground zero. Not because he moved, but because I moved. I want to do everything I can to preserve that intimacy with him. Isn't it the worst? Like in marriage, in friendship, when there's something going on, there's some obstacle, there's some misunderstanding, somebody's heart is hard or their mind is closed, somebody's made a decision that really hurt you or disappointed you. Isn't that so different from when 
you're in a really sweet season of connection and you feel understood and you feel calm and relaxed with that person. That's how I want to feel in my relationship with God. And the thing, the thing that messes up that union is sin, is not going to confession, is not allowing the Lord to root out things even that the world doesn't say are a big deal, like the way we talk. He's going to call us on to things that maybe don't make a lot of sense. He's going to call us out of relationships. He's going to ask us to spend our time differently. He's going to ask us to stop watching things. Totally. I didn't want to say that because I feel like I'm always talking about that, but you're being formed by it. We are being formed by what we watch on TV. Or YouTube or Twitter or Instagram. Yes. We're formed by what we consume. Ultimately, I think it all comes down to, have you met the person of Jesus? And if you have, have you told him you want him to be the center of your life? And if you have, have you stayed turned to him? Do you turn to him every day? And if you have, what's he stirring up in you? Mm -hmm. I like that you said that. I think it is a a new turning every single day. You really can't rely on the grace of yesterday. Of course, it builds every day. We have to turn again. This conversation is making me feel fired up. I want the Lord to change me. I know I'm not perfect, and you do too. Like, if we're really honest with ourselves, if we're not holding ourselves to the standard of the world and being a, quote, good person, if the standard is Jesus Christ, I have a long way to go. And I want to. I don't have to. Well, I kind of do have to. I want to be like him. Every time I encounter him in prayer, I am, I am every day surprised by how kind he is, how loving, how patient And he's not telling me, be more loving, be more kind, be more patient. I want to be like that because I know how it feels to receive that. And that encounter changes me. Yeah. So we're going to keep talking about this. We are growing up as a podcast and we're going to be exploring this idea of of transformation because there are so many ways (laughs) that we are being called to grow. There are so many areas of my life my mind, my heart, my desires, my motivations that need to be purified. But I think it's exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. I think the idea of being in a relationship with a person who wholly loves you and who wants so much more for you sounds incredibly exciting. Yeah, who sees so much more in you. Totally. I just told you that about my prayer this morning. The Lord was like, just speaking such such a blessing over me, showing me good things, things that he loves about me, ways that I've grown. And I was like, wait, what? I think sometimes you can look too critically. You can be alone and look at all your faults and flaws and think, this is not good. You can be really discouraged. I think if we look at our sin by ourselves, that is discouraging. But if we look at our sin with the one who loves us, we have the strength to grow. We're encouraged to grow. It's not scary or overwhelming to grow because we know that we're not alone. We're not. It's the best news. It's good news, if you will. Mm-hmm. We're excited to do this with you. You're not alone in this growing and changing and being transformed and being purified. We are walking through the fire with you. That purifying fire. Hurts so good. He's so good. Should we pray? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Refining fire, would you come 
into our hearts, into our lives. We ask you to burn away anything that is not of you, God. I thank you that we don't have to be scared of the transformation that you're calling us to, but God, increase our joy and our expectation, our hope that this transformation will bring about richer life, more peace, more joy, more love. Thank you for loving us enough to invite us to change. Thank you for loving us enough to believe there's more for us, that we are more. We give you our lives, Jesus. We place our trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's good to be back. Agreed. See you next time. I'll be here. Well, friends, thanks for hanging with us. If this is your first time hearing about the Well Mentorship, I want to invite you to head over to blessedishe.net to find out more info. If there's not any spots available, feel free to hop on the wait list so you can know when the next round is starting. You get to hang out with Beth. Yeah, buddy. It's the best. Okay. (laughs) Okay.